0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event.
1: Let's get ready to rumble! Burrell takes the ball, looking inbound, it far up forward for George, who catches it, turns around, shoots, and he got it! He hit the shot, and the Huskies have it! Jones, Landon,
0: Husky fans to another edition of the Grind podcast. I'm Stephen Sanzari and I'm joined alongside Ben DeZonier and we're previewing UConn's game versus Creighton that's coming up this Sunday. Uh, This is their first game back in what feels like a very, very long time. What has it been? A month, Ben?
1: I mean, last game, December 3rd. Last time we recorded and posted was December 1st. Obviously, UConn went into another shutdown um, after a COVID case with a a pl- I believe it was they, they. confirmed that it was a player. Um, so it is what it is. We knew we knew coming into the season that this is how it was going to be, and if we wanted to play basketball and we wanted to try and have an attempt to have a season, and hopefully things get better as the season goes along. But we we knew stoppages and starts would be um, would be the norm. A little frustrating, I think, that uh, it, it we had to do a whole. You know two weeks of, of everything being shut down all games and everything and it, it's weird looking at all these other teams and the inconsistencies in terms of who shuts down for what games and some teams will they'll take their players out some players that are positive but then play with the other players and some teams shut down completely some teams shut down for seven days 10 days 14 days I don't know it's it's a little confusing about what, what the status quo is, I guess. And I know it's, it's all a little all over the place and different department of healths and different things make different decisions. But uh, I think as a fan, it's a little frustrating that things haven't been um, consistent in terms of every team, uh, what to do when there is uh, positive cases.
0: No, I, I totally agree with you on that. It just seems like everyone's following different protocols and, and obviously Everyone's played a different amount of games. It makes it very hard to gauge some of these games, and it's frustrating too. You look forward to a game all week, and then you know you find out it's it's canceled. Uh, I, I think it was about maybe a week or so ago. Gonzaga was supposed to play a big game against Baylor, and I was kind of excited for that game. And, and it felt like uh, about like an hour before the game started, it was canceled. So it's just it's frustrating as a fan. It's, it's probably frustrating for these players too and these coaches. I mean, they can't. It's very hard to figure out what they're they're preparing for and. And what what you know how to how to approach anything right now in this whole COVID world. So I don't know. I guess we just got to put up with it. We just got to uh, take what we can get, as you said. And you know, hopefully, hopefully we don't have any more pauses, or we have very minimal pauses, so we can get the full season in.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the hope is that hopefully we have no more pauses the rest of the season. That would be nice, but we, you never know. And obviously, it changes on a week to week basis. But I think as a as a fan, what's confusing is you watch a team like Syracuse who had two or three players including Buddy Bayheim um, test positive and then those two or three players didn't play for like two weeks or whatever 10 days and Syracuse kept playing and playing games and that was that, that was a little confusing i didn't really understand how that could po- they they said it was because of contact tracing but like these players they basically live together and practice together and play together i, I I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, moving on from that, um, we got a good, we got our first Big East game, our return to the Big East, a little bit of a, a, a downer, I guess you could say, since there'll be no fans in attendance, and it won't be uh, the St. John's or Georgetown or Villanova or Providence, someone like that. It'll be a new member of the Big East. It'll be Creighton in our first game uh, in, as Big East members at Gampel Pavilion back in the Big East again. We've been waiting for this day for a long time, and we've been looking forward to it. I'm I'm really excited for it, um, but unfortunately, just gonna have to watch it on TV and, and, instead of in person.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a bummer. I guess this whole season's been a bit of a bummer. We were there was so much hype going into it, but. Hey, you know what? We're finally here. We're finally going to see some Big East basketball, and uh, what what better team to open up to than Creighton? I know, I know, like you said, they're not an original team of the Big East, and it's a team we've never, we've rarely played. I, I don't know if we've ever played Creighton before, but this this is a great team. I mean, they've had some ups and downs with this season, but they are a top fifteen team in the nation, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how UConn can handle this type of talent. Uh, it's been a long time. Obviously, we we've, we've talked about it a lot so far, but it's been it's been a while. It should be interesting to see how they're able to handle Marcus Sigorowski and if if they can keep up with them three point shooting wise. It's it's been that's kind of been a, an issue for UConn in kind of the last couple couple of years. But if we look back at that USC game about you know three weeks ago, the, early on they were they were hot from three and it got them going, and and that ended up being kind of the difference maker in that game. So it should be interesting, Ben, to see how how they how they handle, like I said, how they handle Zagorowski and how they handle the three point shooting that Creighton Creighton does.
1: I'm really looking forward to this matchup of uh, Marcus Zagorowski and James Booknight going going head to head, you know, like Booknight, finally a a player a player for UConn with with serious star power and uh, Marcus Zagorowski, obviously being the preseason player of the year for the Big East and probably the favorite to this point to win uh, Big East Player of the Year. Um, along with mamu from Seton hall but booknight booknight is is looking to drive jump onto the scene and really lay his lay his uh foundation he, he didn't make first team all big East, which I know bothered him he got second team and he made that known on social media which was kind of cool to see that uh he, he was uh motivated to prove those prove the coaches wrong and put himself in into a first team uh consideration and I think that this matchup We'll have a lot of eyes of the conference, obviously, with UConn's return and the fact that Creighton's a top-ten team right now. This should be a great opportunity for Booknight to uh, propel himself onto the national scale.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. There's going to be a lot of eyes on Booknight in this game, and it's it's just – it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see what they they handle with with such a big team with a with a top twenty five team like this. But you know we talk about Zigorowski, but another guy that UConn's gonna to have to have to guard well is is Denzel Mahoney. I mean he's a senior guard. He's averaged so far sixteen points for this team, and he's also another three point threat for for Creighton. So he's another guy that UConn's gonna some gonna to have to lock down on defense. And I mean, look. This, this Creighton team is probably better than UConn, but honest to God, and not saying this because I'm a UConn fan, I really think UConn could play within this game. I think they could. I think they could beat Creighton. They're not going to be the favorites, obviously, but I think early on, if they can get into a groove from three, I mean, they don't have to. They don't have to chuck up as many as Creighton does, but if they if they could if they can answer some threes and they play good defense, I think they could. They could play very very well in this game. UConn size in this game will
1: actually be an advantage, which isn't something that we've been able to say very much over the last few years. But Creighton, they don't start anybody over six seven, and honestly, all five guys that start are, I guess you could you could almost quantify them as stretch stretch or wing players. They 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 can all shoot the three. They're all dangerous. Uh, they're all very skilled, but they don't have that significant post presence in their starting line. Now they have a couple of guys come off the bench at our six six ten, six eleven, but they don't have that significant post presence that has really that can really dominate and change a game, shot blocking wise, getting to the rim and with using our athleticism and our big men, I think that there's a pretty good chance that we could take advantage of that on the inside.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's and this is going to be very interesting to see where Hurley goes with the starting lineup. We were talking about it before we started recording. Like, what, what, what direction is he going to go with? Obviously, you know, the first two games, Carlton was not there, and then all of a sudden, you know, against USC, he shows up and he and he really he really did put on a great performance against USC. And I, I I've been a a huge uh, downer on Carlton, but he really showed up that game. He showed a lot of energy, and I think Hurley is probably going to have to start. Carlton in this game and not and ditched a Senogo in the starting lineup. So, I mean, where do you think who do you think starts in the center spot? Ben,
1: obviously Hurley to this point has just played the guys who have showed in practice um, that they were ready to go and how they've been doing. And uh, we haven't seen any. I mean, they they haven't played any games in a couple weeks, so we don't know what's going on in practice on a day to day basis. But I think against NC State, if they would have played that game following. Um the win over USC I believe it would have been Carlton just because of how how much energy he played with and the boost that he really gave the team not only like in like helping the team on the court but it just seemed like when he was doing well like his teammates were so excited and happy for him after the first two games not getting a lot of playing time and kind of being relegated to a bench role to see him succeed gave them a really big boost and motivation I would love to see that continue. I hope Carlton plays with that same fire because when he plays fiery, I really think that
0: he can help this team. Absolutely, absolutely. I think he's a. I think he's he's kind of becoming. Well, I won't go this far, but he he's definitely. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he is a key to this team being successful because they don't really have a lot of uh, veteran big men. A lot of the guys on their on their roster and the front court that are, that, that have huge sizes are, 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 you know, younger. I mean, obviously you got Sonogo. we talked about, uh, we have Springs. We we're probably not going to see much of him. You're not going to see any of Javante Brown Ferguson. So, I mean, besides, besides Carlton and Whaley, I mean the front court and, and Sonogo. I mean, the front court needs, needs a vet, needs the veteran support from Carlton. And I, I don't know. I just think, I think if Carlton plays, a good game. I, I think UConn is going to be be very. I, I think they going to be very competitive. On a side note,
1: what we've seen to this point from Isaiah Whaley through three games has been, he, I mean, he he's pretty much in my mind been been crucial to the success of the team to this point. I mean, he's in with a cook being out. He's protected the rim. He's rebounded really well. He's averaging eleven points a game. He had a great a great put back dunk against USC that really is. Motive, not motivated, but like provided a big energy spark to the team in a moment of the game when they really needed it. I think that he fits what exactly what Hurley was wants to do and wants to, from a, a stretch big man, a guy who can pass, a guy who can block shots, clean up the rim, play with energy. He's really taken the steps that he took at the end of the year last season and brought that into this year. And it's been really fun to watch him play, and I'm looking forward to – having him continue that success as we keep moving forward.
0: No, Whaley, Whaley's been great uh, uh, so far, but at the end of the day, I still, I still view, and I think we all view uh, Whaley as, as still a four. I mean, they don't, I, he, he could play center, but, and I guess maybe he could work against a smaller team like this at center, but I think it, w- it would be a huge advantage if Carlton can, can, can play in this game and give them great minutes. I just think it, it separates them.
1: I'd also like to see Sonogo continue to, make steps. I, I think it was a little tough matchup for him um, playing against USC because of the, the size that USC brought and the experience and the fact that Sonogo is still a young player. I think he's going to be a very good player for UConn when it's all said and done. Um, but I, I would love to see him take that next step against uh, and take advantage of the fact that Creighton's size is not that, is not
0: that impressive and really lay his mark on this game. Hey, listen, it's, it's, snow a freshman um they're gonna have games where they don't they don't play very well it, it just happens with everyone but you know something like you said it you want to see him play in this game. You want to see if he could take that next step because this this sets up for next year for him. And if we if he if he could play well against Creighton and get some confidence going, maybe maybe as the season goes on, you'll see more and more of him playing very well against Big East play. I, you know, you look at the USC game. I pu- I just pulled up his stats. He only had one point in this game. He really he only played ten minutes. He didn't have any. He'd have no rebounds, no assists, or he wouldn't have assists, but no rebounds. No really, and no points, no blocks. I mean, it was a tough look for him, but. You know something, it happens. We'll see. We'll see how he plays against Creighton here. Maybe maybe he'll get some more playing time. He'll be you will be able to uh, get work down low. So I, I just hopefully I, I I personally want to see him. I think he's going to be a great player as well. So we'll see what happens with him.
1: I was really excited with what I saw from Tyrese Martin against USC, and I think that that game was kind of his burst onto the scene uh, moment in a in a Husky uniform. He made some great uh, had some great takes to the rim. He moved the ball well. He played great defensively. Um, I just I think that he's going to play a huge role in this team this season. And it was just nice to see him kind of fit really well. And I think he's he's kind of established his role now through three games um, in terms of what, what he's going to be able to bring to the table with this team and
0: how he's going to be able to help them. Oh, and and I think too. I've been very happy with what I've seen so far from him, and I think he's going to play very well in this game as well. Because matchup wise, I think he he works very well being six six, playing that guard spot. You know, he can play the you know the three, and I I think I think as as the year goes on for him too, and and what we'll, we'll see from him next season. I think he's going to be uh, just such a huge key piece for them. Especially in huge, huge games, I think he kind of he might be that guy that pushes them over the edge, and I it wouldn't shock me at some point in the season if he becomes like a a prominent starter and he just it's him because I still think that spot is going to shuffle in and out. I I know Polly really hasn't shown much, but I still think that there's potential for him to start if if he can get it going as well. I think it's just a big key with Polly is he he has to be able to knock down shots. I mean,
1: if he's not getting open looks and and he's just out there as, like, not wasting space. That's, like, a bad way to say it. But, like, t- occupying space and not really accomplishing a lot. I mean, that that's when it's like, all right, what are you doing? You got to get him out of the game. We got to get someone else in. We got to try and change things up. I just think Martin's game is so much more dynamic in terms of what he can do with the basketball, taking him off the dribble, attacking the rim, finishing with both hands. Whereas even if Polly is maybe a little bit of a better shooter – I think his game is definitely a little more limited compared to Martin.
0: You know, I, I agree with you with Polly. He's kind of a one-dimensional player at times. If he's not hitting threes, he is kind of a waste to be out there on the floor. And, I'm, I, I, you know, it's tough to see because he had such – before he got hurt last year, he had such a great game. And he looked – you know, he was, he was getting assists. He was getting rebounds. He was hitting – he was knocking down shots. It's just tough to see, but – I mean, the, these first couple of games. I mean, he's been non-existent. He's been a foul machine. I mean, I know UConn has been. I know UConn fans like to complain about officiating on Twitter and stuff, and in, and to a point, it has been bad. But I mean, he's been out there four fouls, five fouls. You know, he got fouled out a couple times. It, it's if if he can't, like you said, if he can't hit the three, I guess he's a waste. But I still, I still think in the back of my head, I still think he's going to get to that point where he's more versatile and he could he could do more things and and he'll end up being the starting spot at some point in the season. What what
1: are your thoughts so far about how Andre Jackson's been able to fit in, you know, the the small role and that he's played to this point and the struggles that he's had through the la, in the last couple of games.
0: He's another guy. Andre Jackson's another guy where there's a lot of potential there and I think he's going to be a great player. I know we've been saying that about everybody, but they really do have a lot of potential with this team. But early on he's it's been a struggle and, and this is I kinda talked about this in the preseason when we had the preseason pod. You know, there was a lot of expectations coming in with Andre Jackson and I know everybody wanted to compare him to Book and how Book early on last year when he came off the suspension was was key to this team and he turned the team around a little bit but I, I didn't see Andre Jackson having that role right away. I don't, I, I think he's a guy that's going to take some time to develop. There's a lot of athleticism there. I think there's a lot of potential, what, what he could do, but you know, early on it's been, a, it's been a struggle for him to, to flow in with the team. And I don't think it's, it's time to panic for him. It's so early on. And it's so, you know, it's very limited games, especially with all this COVID going on. You know, there's been so many breaks and what whatnot, but I mean, it's t- it's it's a tough look for him early on, but he's gonna he's gonna at some point in this season, I, I predict maybe mid season, mid Biggie's play, you're gonna see some big big moments from him. You know,
1: one thing that I've really liked to the point to this point right now is the way that R.J. Cole has been able to control the offense, along with Jalen Gaffney as well. But I just feel like when Cole's out there, Cole is always looking to make plays and create and and try and like control like I feel more comfortable when the ball is in his hands and the game is I feel like the game is slowed down and controlled where I feel like when Gaffney has the ball Gaffney's always looking to try to create something and like make the next play which I'm not saying is a bad thing whatsoever obviously that's a that's a great um a great uh skill to have as a lead guard but when RJ has the ball I feel like it's just there's more set to our offense and there's more confidence with the guys the ball moves well around I think they're both have have played well to this point but I've just been really happy with what I've seen from RJ what do you think
0: I, I I have to agree with you on that I'm a big Jalen Gaffney guy but Cole Cole has a little bit more potential right now obviously offensively he's better and and he's also he sets up a lot of nice plays he's he's a true he's like a I I He's not. I guess he's not a score first. Po- I mean, is he a score point first point guard? I mean, I, I would say he is. But you know, early on it's been tough because he has. I mean, I guess we're, I'm basing it basically off the last game against USC. He really didn't score much, but I mean, uh, he, he was dishing the ball. He got. I guess what did he? What do you he have here? Five rebounds. That's that's nice. I mean, Cole just has more potential offensively, but Gaffney, in my opinion, could develop into a better passer and a better playmaker, but. At this point, you have to go with Cole. You have to like what you've seen from Cole. I, he's been a little frustrating, I guess. Uh, tur- you know, turnover wise, he cut that out in the uh, USC game. He didn't have any, you know, those plays where he threw the ball away. So I- I've been happy with RJ Cole. I can't complain about him. I like. I think, and I also think it's great that he could shoot the three ball. So that's another huge plus for him. I think Jalen Gaffney has shown too
1: a lot much more confidence this year early on through the first three games than we saw from him. Um, last year, I think he's much more confident in himself and his own game. And I think that has a lot to do with the development that coach Hurley has been able to put, put him through and the hard work that Jalen's been put that put in, in the off season. And he's a great player. He's going to be a great, great UConn player. I'm looking, I really like his game and I think he's going to be a big piece of, um, our team going forward.
0: Alright, Ben, I think this is a, a good place to wrap up this episode. It's still, again, we talk about it all the time. There's not much really to talk about. It's a lot of, you know, we're speculating things or we're basing off games that are weeks old. But nonetheless, it's another Gamble Grind podcast episode. It's come to an end. And uh we like to thank everybody for listening. We we truly appreciate all your support and go huskies.
1: Dun, 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 dun.